0: Hello there, this is the psychology report. We're taking a look at the issue of extreme stress. You know, we all face stress. It's something we we cannot eliminate, but we have to manage it. Some of us manage it well, some of us manage it very poorly. You know, throughout life, we face situations that are beyond our ability to cope. We're caught off guard. We're unprepared. And we go into a mode of Extreme stress. Some some situations only last a very brief period of time, but they're intense. We do something, we deal with it, our time passes, the situation takes care of itself, and we move on with life. That's brief stress. It can be very devastating, it can be very hurtful, it can be very defeating. But on the other hand, there is what we know as acute stress, or chronic stress, which at high levels go on and on and on, and whatever we do, it seems like we can't resolve it, we can't take care of it, we can't eliminate it, we can't manage it even. You know, sometimes we're in a marriage situation, we just cannot change. We have a relationship, somehow we cannot alter it and not change it, and it's a chronic stressful situation. Some of us are in a work situation like that. When we're in these kind of situations of chronic extreme stress, we become overwhelmed, and our body just begins to break down and the body begins to um, go into a mode almost of defense, it tries to protect itself. And sometimes it does, it protects itself for a while or for a long period of time. And other times it breaks down and, it, and no longer can protect itself. And therefore we become the subject or become the victim, if you will, of extreme chronic stress And our body just breaks down, our emotions break down, our social relationships break down, our ability to think breaks down, our ability to solve problems break down, and so on. It might be an example of an automobile accident, you know, that we're involved in. Just all of a sudden, our life changes. Might be a work-related injury. Might be the loss of a loved one through death. Or somebody moves that just kind of leaves us devastated, leaves us without a support system. A divorce, job termination, a house fire, children become defiant, our children become drug addicted, Uh, we find out we're married to somebody who all of a sudden becomes an alcoholic, or has always been an alcoholic, but now we realize it. In other words, the situation is just beyond our ability to cope and beyond our ability to change. And what do we do? We have to put up with it, we have to cope with it, we have to deal with it. And some of us can do that very well, and some of us do not do that very well at all. And um, psychologist Dr. John Leach, L-E-A-C-H, uh, came up with a rule that he refers to as the ten eighty ten 10 rule of survival. The ten eighty ten 10 rule of survival. And by that he means this, that under extreme stress, 10% of the people are able to deal with the fear and handle it and manage it in a very rational manner. On the other hand, 80% of themselves find themselves stunned and relatively unprepared to respond. And the victims of that uh, stressful situation. And uh, it has this kind of uh, defeating and self-defeating effect on them in all areas of their life. But somehow or another, they just function at a minimal level. And uh, all relationships, all aspects of their life are ill-affected. And then according to his rule of survival, the 108010 10 rule, the last 10 are the people who are just devastated, totally unable to handle the stress, unprepared for it, unskilled in dealing with stress. A situation that will land them and handle that. Well, some of us have ways of handling it. Some of us don't. So here's the, here's the situation. If we can look at it this way. How does our body, how does our brain respond to extreme stress? How do we somehow put that all together and process that so that we either can handle it or we process it poorly and we don't handle it and we break down? So what is the body response? How does the brain respond to stress. Well, according to uh, John Leash, who's kind of studied this and uh, written it out and kind of uh, summarized it for us, uh, let me kind of walk you through the bodily response, the brain response to stress, particularly extreme stress. When a stressor happens, like an accident, or the death, or a divorce, or somebody's rejected us, our sympathetic nervous system goes into action. We call it the fight or flight or freeze syndrome. At that time, we either fight the thing that is stressful to us, or we run away from it, or we just freeze and we become impaired and incapable of handling that particular situation. As a result of that, three hormones are released into the bloodstream. The sympathetic nervous system, as you know, is part of the hormonal system of the body. And the hormones that are released in the bloodstream are adrenaline, norepinephrine, and cortisol. Those are the three stress-related hormones. They're released into the bloodstream. It's like a surge that goes into the blood and just activates our body immediately. The adrenaline and the norepinephrine prepare the body for, uh, for battle. They prepare that body so that it will respond as if they were in battle and ready to take action. And uh, it's like having a a high-octane energy boost, if you will. The glucose production is released in the bloodstream. The body just becomes full of sugar, if you will. And our body is set to prepare, to act, and to go to battle or go to war or to go to the greatest football game of your life. And it increases the glucose, and then it burns it in a natural way in the body. And we burn up that glucose, you know, over time. But during that time of these uh, hormones into the bloodstream, our heart rate increases and the lung expands to take in more oxygen because it's needed. We need that bronchial uh, dilation to take in oxygen and to utilize uh, as much as we can the uh, uh, blood as well as the uh, glucose, and we burn it, we burn it in our bodies, and at that time our pupils dilate and our, we have narrow vision, it's almost like we have focused our attention on just that stressor, we can't see the large picture, we can't see the overall situation, we just focus on the stress, the stress, the stress, the stress, and we become impaired you know, by it. Also, blood is channeled away from the digestive system at that time. It di- it's directed away from the skin as well, and it goes into the skeletal muscles for action and strength, which are the large muscles of the body, of the arms and the thighs and the legs, and the stomach. The, the skeletal muscles are the ones that are the ones that we fight with. We use to fight, if you will. We need those muscles to be strong, and we need those muscles to be activated, and that's what that adrenaline, norepinephrine, you know, does. And then, as the cortisol is released into the body, but that's released very slowly, it helps us sustain that fight-or-flight response over an extended period of time. In other words, it's the stress that's going to be with us. We're going to need something to help us handle that over a lengthy period of time, and that's what cortisol does in the body. It's in the digestive, in the immune uh, system of the body. And it helps us anticipate the fight and handle the fight over an extended period of time. And uh, we need that cortisol. We can even measure it to see how much cortisol is in the body as a measure of how much stress we're under and the length of time we're under stress. It's kind of a good index of our stress um, reaction pattern and being overwhelmed with stress. And then over time, the engaged sympathetic nervous system depletes the body of energy, and it depletes the bodies of the reserved glycogen and the fat that we've needed to use for energy purposes. It just depletes it. We become tired. We become depleted of energy. We become just uh, weak, if you will. If it goes on very long, we can experience a we can experience a crash. You know that can just leave us cold and tired and exhausted and defeated almost the more primitive portion of the brain the limbic system of the brain takes control and the more we end and from takes control over the forward part of the brain which is the frontal lobe where we think and we reason and we uh, plan ahead and we organize our life we're under the subject of our limbic system which is the emotional system of the body we're operating on emotion not operating on cognitive thought and reason and decision making and problem solving skill. This is when we lose our logic and we act on the basis of our wristle system, our body emotion, our body uh, muscle, our body uh, reaction patterns of uh, the limbic system. We become just impulsive and we become irrational. And we become less cognitive in how we deal with that stress. So in other words, under under particularly chronic stress, but under acute stress as well, but only for a shorter period of time, the body, the whole body just goes into action. The whole body goes into a response of just getting us all the energy we need to handle that stress. And when it's short stress, just a very short period of time, we kind of can process it because we have the wherewithal, we have the energy, we have the bloodstream resources, and we have the lung resources, and the heart resources, but if that stress is over a long period of time, those resources cannot last. They become depleted, and we become tired and exhausted, and we kind of just give in to that stress, and we become the victim of that stress itself. The body just cannot sustain it over a long period of time, hence this formula, the 108010. It's the 10 that can handle it well, the 80 don't handle it real well, then the last 10 just cannot handle it all, and they're the ones that break down and have a, a total collapse of their body, of their health, of their occupation, of their job, of their marriage, of their social relationships, of their energy, and the entire body just breaks down and can no longer sustain that kind of energy that's needed to handle the stress. Now, here's the question. How do you survive? How do you handle this situation when stress hits, particularly chronic and intense stress? How do you deal with that? Well, first of all, utilize the frontal lobe. I just mentioned the frontal lobe is the part that we use to make decisions and to think things through and to plan and to strategize and to plan ahead so that we can take an action that's rational and reasonable You know, for the situation that's there, we resist the temptation to act hastily or emotionally or quickly. We slow down and we just do what is right and do what is normal or do what seems reasonable under the circumstances. We use that frontal lobe to reason ourselves through that situation. Two people have told me recently they were in Hawaii and they were caught in the uh, current that took them out into the ocean. And both of them were taught by me as a therapist how to relax their body, how to calm down. And they both, under that circumstance of a high stress when they were in fear of the life, took the frontal lobe approach and just reasoned it out and said, okay, this is the time to relax. Just let your body relax and go with the flow and let the current take you in. And don't panic. And it worked for both of them. Okay, that's number one. Number two is gear up. You know, know the tools that you need for stress management. Relaxation skills, you need that. Decision-making skills. Assertive communication skills. Conflict resolution skills. Rational thinking skills. Those are just a few of them. But these are the skills that we need in our toolbox to handle stress. And we, if we don't have those skills, stress is more likely to overwhelm us and overcome us, you say. And we break down. So we must be flexible. We must be prepared to act. We must draw upon the skills that we have and draw upon the resources that other people around us have. And it can help us at that time. We need to consult others. We need to involve others. We need to confide in others. We need to involve others to help us. Ask for help, in other words. And if we have a support system in place, that's good. If we don't have a support system in place, we're vulnerable. Then you can only use the people that happen to be there at the time. So a good support system is very important if you're going to have a stressful life and you're going to have some stressful event take place in the future, even though you don't know what it is and when it's going to happen. So be prepared by having a support system. And then number three, draw upon your support system. Draw upon it. Have it in place, but draw upon it. You know, friends make good medicine, you know. Friends provide encouragement, strength. They provide ideas and options. They provide us courage. And sometimes they go with us. They hold our hands They give us that sense of belonging, that sense of caring, that sense of compassion, that sense of empathy. We all need that, particularly under high stress. We should not go it alone. We need to draw upon the support system we have, whether it's many or few, whether they're well-prepared or not, whether they've gone through the same situation we're going through or not. You know, obviously got a support system, if people have gone through the situation that you're going through, they're going to be that much more willing to help you and more prepared to help you, maybe more uh, helpful because they've gone through it. That's why the idea of birds of a feather flock together, see, that's why we like people who have gone through situations like we've gone through because they know what we are experiencing and they they can be helpful to us. So draw upon your support system. And then last, act assertively. You know, speak up, be forthright, be determined, act assertively assertively, and in a timely way. Don't be passive and don't avoid. Don't sit there and let the stress just overwhelm you. Don't go hiding in a room somewhere and let the stress overwhelm you. It will overwhelm you if that's the case. But assertively act, assertively talk, assertively share, assertively involve other people. Get the doors of opportunity open. Get the doors of help open. Get the doors of companionship open. Don't go it alone. Be assertive. Ask for help. And expect that people can help you because you can change when people will help you. So that's the idea of extreme stress. And that's what takes place in your brain. That's what takes place in your body. You know, and if you aren't prepared... You could be that 10% that just falter, crash, they freeze, and the, and their body is just uh, devastated, hurt, debilitated. Or you can be part of the 80% that just kind of handled it fairly well, but not real well. But we want to be part of that first 10% that handles stress well. And stress does not become overwhelming. Stress becomes just a part of life, and we just process it, whether it lingers for a lengthy period of time or it's there only for a short period of time. Be prepared. Have your ducks in a row, so to speak. Have your stress management system in place. Give it thought. Now, if you don't know about stress, if you don't handle stress very well, this podcast should be listened to two or three or four times So you kind of memorize the system, and you can begin to use it and develop some of the skills that are necessary for stress management. So I recommend that you go back and listen to this podcast, maybe once a day for a week, until you have a pretty good understanding and a pretty good handle on your stress management system. So whatever comes, and whenever it comes, and however strong it is, you're going to be able to deal with it effectively and strongly and forthrightly and in a way that puts you forward, not sets you backwards. Okay, this has been the Psychology Report, and I'd just like you to take a look at one of my sponsors, the uh, Fresco, Fresno Rescue Mission. But if you're not in Fresno, you live in another city. You know, there are rescue missions all over the country, all over the world, if you will. This is, these are rescue missions for people who are homeless, for people who are alcoholic, drug addicts. You know, people who have no place to turn, who live a life of stress, but they've been devastated by it. They didn't have the skills of handling stress when it came into their life, so they became depleted, and they found themselves all alone on a street corner. The Fresno Rescue Mission and other rescue missions across the country, the greatest one ever, is in Chicago, Illinois, but... Whatever city you live in, look up the rescue mission. If you are in one of these devastating situations or you know somebody who is, put them in touch with the rescue mission near you. Meals are available. A place to sleep is available. Job training is available. Career development is available. Stress management skills are taught. Computer skills are taught. Jobs can be obtained. But you know, these places run on donations. They're nonprofit. So if you want to help, some of these people who are devastated by stress and devastated by their life circumstances, send some bucks to the rescue mission in your city. They'll be greatly appreciated, and you will feel good that you've done something. It's far better to send some bucks to the Fresno Rescue Mission or the rescue mission in your city rather than to give a few bucks to a guy standing in the corner who's just going to use it to further his addiction and further his uh, denial of, of stress management he's just going to be more defeated more overwhelmed by the stress not going to come out at all so that buck you give him on the street corner is not going to be helpful but you give it to the rescue mission and put the guy in touch with the rescue mission and good can come from that so nice to have you with me and um thanks so much and bye for now